give us a great day. We feel, O oh Lord, that your power is come, resting on us so that we will start this new year in a few hours. As we start this day in the house of God, bless everyone who is here, those who are coming in, O oh God. I pray that the anointing power of God will flow, will reverberate and touch every single part of everyone who is entering into this place. And I thank you, Lord, that you are going to meet us at our need. And I pray you will lift the people's voice up and you will lift the, the choruses and the worship and everything that's going to be said today, this entire day. We put it into your hands, O oh God. For you alone are Jehovah Jireh. You are God, our provider. You're the Jehovah Shalom. You are the peacemaker. And we thank you, God, that we are standing in your presence. We're ending this year standing in your presence. We're ending this day, this, this day to start a new year in your presence. For in 24, we will need your presence. We will need your direction and your help. So now take all the praise and the glory. We lift up our precious, our name, your name, and we lift up our voice. We lift up everything that we have, everything that had breath. We've come to praise you. Let the people praise God. Let the people praise God. Come on, put your hands together and let the people praise God. Give him a Shabbat praise and a year praise. This is the day that the Lord has made. We have come to rejoice. And to be glad in it. Hallelujah. Glory be to the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands. Let's praise God. Father, we thank you this morning, oh God. We thank you for being here. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for what you are doing in our lives, oh God. We, we bless your holy name. We glorify your holy name. You are God. You are powerful. You are wonderful, oh God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the conquering lion out of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This morning we're thankful for everything that God has done in 2023. We just want to thank you, God, this morning that you are a great God. Hallelujah. You are a mighty God. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give thanks. With a grateful heart, give thanks unto the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. a grateful heart, give thanks unto the Holy One, give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son, and now 
Somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Jesus. We glorify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands, somebody. Creator of the universe. What can't you do? What can't you do, Jesus? Name above every other name. What can't you change? What can't you change, Jesus? You are a Mighty God, you are able. 
Stop us. 
this something is wrong <laughs> if you miss this for those of you who missed it i want you to open up your mouth and just shout hallelujah just shout hallelujah just shout hallelujah something is broken in the atmosphere something is moving and that's the holy spirit the spirit of god is breaking down the strongholds of the enemy i declare by the power of the holy ghost that only the spirit of god can 
destroy and break every stronghold every human being that is right here in this place I declare you lift up your hands open your mouth because God is about to move you to the next level as you worship the next level of your worship is when you open your mouth and you declare the fire of God there is a fire out of your belly there's a fire out of your worship somebody open your mouth after the hell that you've been through in 2023 somebody all you can do is just praise all you can do is just say God I thank you all you can do is God I thank you I'm not in the hospital I'm not in the sick room I don't care whatever the devil diagnosed you with whatever the doctor diagnosed you with this morning I want to let you know you are not entering 2024 with that diagnosis somebody open your mouth open your mouth open your mouth open your mouth I want you to look down your row make sure that everybody is praising make sure that your neighbor is praising make sure that somebody is receiving what you're receiving he prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies he prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil goodness and mercy shall follow me into 2024 somebody open your mouth and shout Sing with me. 
have to bow before him. Demons have to tremble before him. He's the God of the universe. We worship you, Lord. Magnify his name. Magnify his name. You are the shout hallelujah Hallelujah! and give him a praise and a glory and lift his name up on high for he is worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same he is worthy to be praised lift your hands father we pray for everyone across the world who is watching us 
We pray for everyone across the universe. Yes, God. Who needs to hear from you before the end this year? We pray for everyone whose hands are lifted up here this morning. Yes, Jesus. That you will send the devourer to reach you will you that you will reduce the devourer from their life. Yes. Send the devourer back to the hell that he back came to from. Hell. And so today every hand lifted up. Yes. Every voice that is worshiping you. Every single boy or girl or man or woman here today who is giving you the praise this morning. I pray today that you, oh God, will reserve something out of heaven that will visit them right now. We pray for Sister Denise Chung, Dad, Vincent. We're praying for healing from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. We pray for mobility in his hands and his legs in the name of Jesus. We pray for Brother Bissoon, touch and heal him, strengthen his body, restore his memory in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for a sister in Guyana, Roseanne, in Georgetown Hospital. We pray that you will heal her lungs and her heart in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for Christina, who's battling breast cancer. We pray for a miracle upon her. Sister Shondell's son, who is who's hit with the flu and the virus and not feeling well. We pray for power and strength for Sister Patricia Wade over her eyes and a miracle in the mighty name of Jesus. And for everyone that is lifting their hands, I come against flu. I come against cough. We come against migraines. We come against COVID. We come against the most recent strain that is bringing sickness to peoples in their throat and in their lungs and in their body. Devil, we rebuke you. We rebuke every sickness that you have sent upon the body. I pray that every throat will clear up. I pray that every cough will dry up. I pray, God, that you will let lungs breathe again. And you will let fever be disappeared. And I pray, God, that as we end this year, a strength will come upon us. A sudden surge of energy will move upon us. And we will feel free in the Holy Ghost. This morning is the start of a day we will never forget. For we are in your holy place from morning. And then we will take some rest and be back in the night. So we are doing this to serve notice on the enemy. You cannot keep me down. You cannot take my joy away. I have come into his house. And I have gathered in his name. And I've come to worship him. I wish I would have a hundred of you who would put your hands together and worship him like you've never worshipped him before. Hallelujah. I wish you would just give him a praise and a shout that you've never given before. Let the enemy know I can still shout at the end of the year. Let the enemy know I am going to look at the new year and I'm going to shout.
Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. Somebody's clearing up cough. Somebody God's healing a fever. Somebody God's touching your migraine. Somebody God's moving upon your body. Receive it right now. If you're in television land, if you're across this place, receive it. Shout! Come on, shout for your victory. Put your hands together and give God a praise. go down to your seat shake somebody's hands and tell them a wonderful day to you in the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost hallelujah hallelujah welcome this morning it's good to see all of you this is just, we're just getting sharpened up for the day. If the enemy feels you kept too much noise already, he didn't see anything yet. Because God is not finished with you. He's about to give you power and strength. And you're going to end this year with strength. Even if you started today, week, before this service is over, you're going to feel strong. Amen. Miracles are coming in this place. The anointing power is moving across the atmosphere. Right where you're sitting, there is a miracle. There's somebody sitting next to you is a miracle. You're a miracle all by yourself. You, 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 you didn't know you were going to make it, but you made it. You didn't know you were going to be here, but you're here. Because you love God, and God loves you. And you're going to shout for your victory. Throughout the scriptures, they shouted for the victory. And you're going to do the same. Today, we are thankful to having all of you. I want to welcome you if you're here for the first time. If you're here for the second time. If you're visiting with us, I want you to stand up. And we want to give you a real welcome this morning. First time visitors, second time visitors. Or just visiting with us. Come on. Look, visitors all across this place. Come on, come on. Good to see you, Reverend Ochi. Amen. All the way from Florida. Come on, give them a great welcome. Give them a great welcome. Uh, hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, welcome this morning. Thank you so much. In the house of God. Good to see you, Reverend Bridge Mohan. Thank you. He is he's known us for 35 years. 38, 40 years. When we first started Liberty, he was one of the fellas who started with us. So they're coming back. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Joyce and him, they're sitting together. They both helped us start Liberty right here. Amen. Glory to God. And, and all of you who have stuck with us over the years, and those of you who have come recently, and those of you who have come a few years ago, we want everybody to feel welcome. Amen. One, every one of you. Don't look at new people and say they're going to take my place. No. Look at them and say, I'm happy for the harvest. That's what you got to look at them. Don't look and say they're going to take my seat. They're going to take my position. No. Look at this. This is a great harvest that we're seeing in front of us. And we want to embrace it with our full heart. And, and we want to make space for the new people. And give place to them. 
Don't give place to the enemy. Give place to them for God to use them in a special way. We have a treat this morning. Uh, Jesse Reimers and his wife and the family is here. Would you guys stand up? Come on, let the church see you. Pastor Jesse is one of her associate pastors here. We're in meetings in uh, Grow Track. And if you were here yesterday looking to become a part of our, our church, uh, he carried this great session on yesterday. He will be preaching this morning. And um, uh, we're in for a treat. So before we hear anything from them, uh, we have a dance this morning. And um, we want this young lady to come on up uh, for that dance. Uh, our dear sister. Amen. Hallelujah. Give her a round of applause.
Give God a praise. Sister Natalia, thank you. God bless you. May his face shine on you. Continue to bless the Lord in your, what God has allowed you to do. Come on, let's give it up for her one more time. We go through a threshing and we go through the fire. But greater is coming. Would you tell your neighbor greater is coming? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. John the Baptist says, there's one coming greater than me, whose shoelace I'm not even worthy to attach. He shall baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. I feel that somebody is going to get baptized today with fire and the Holy Ghost. Come on, I believe that somebody is going to catch fire this morning. God's going to do a renewal in your life. He's going to give you a mighty visitation again. And as you end this year, he's going to be ending it with fire. When the devil sees fire, he runs. And you're going to be free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, you're free at last. I want to welcome even those who came in later on. This is a soul-saving station. And I want to welcome you personally as pastor to say how much... I am so graciously happy to see all of you. And for those of you who walked in the doors for the first time, the second time, and those of you who have come 
This is a place we want you to come and feel safe. This is a place we want you to come and feel the Holy Ghost. This is not a place that we come to mind others' business. We come to mind His business. We're about our Father's business. And we have come to worship Him. And so I want you to, if you are new to this place, you're new to the church, you're new to the city, and you happen to stumble on our church, I'm so gracious and thankful that you've come. I would like to see you again. Let's give everybody a great welcome. Tonight is going to be awesome. I don't want you to go home and run to 42nd Street. They have enough people there. Tell your neighbor they got enough people there. I hear them over a million people are going to be there to see the ball drop. Just to see a ball drop. I have, I'm coming tonight to see God's glory fall. They can keep their ball. I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to the glory of God. I'm coming to see God's glory fall tonight. It's falling right here, right now. And He is going to fall upon your life tonight. There's going to be an awesome visitation of the Holy Spirit. I want you to come early tonight. Aside from all of you who are coming. If you're coming, shout amen. amen. Let me hear you one more time. I'm coming, shout amen. amen. Yeah, so if you're coming tonight, come early, get a seat. 9.30 we start between 9.30. And I don't want you to stay away for this. 9.30 to about 5 to 10. We're going to have some testimonies. One after the other here. And then about 5 to 10, we start to worship. Minister Moran is going to be up by about 5 to 10. But I want all of you to come. Don't just come just for that. The testimonies are going to impact your life at 9.30 sharp. And then we're going to have a great, great, our own ball. And I got a surprise for you. We're going to have our own fireworks here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not telling you more. But we're going to have something that's going to... Amen. Dazzle your eyes. Amen. So tonight is great. And, and uh, here's what I would like to say for those of you who are here. And maybe you are still thinking about whether you want to come tonight. What is the best testimony to show the enemy about how you're going to start the year? Is by being in the house of God. And by moving physically and doing something unusual. And bucking the trend. You go to bed at 10 at night. You go to bed at 11. Well, be in the house of God at that time. It's a great testament to what you are putting forth as a testimony regarding what God is going to do and how you're going to let God use you for this coming year. Amen. A few, test, a few announcements before I invite the man of God. And you're also going to have a treat. One, his son, one of his sons is going to be saying a few words to you, speaking to you too this morning. Tonight, put it up. The flyer for tonight. Want to see you. And put your hands together and say, I'm coming. I'm coming. Hey, that's a, that's a little thing. Put it a little louder than that. I'm coming. <coughs> and, then, and then we start 21 days of fasting and prayer. Coming, starting next Sunday, next Sunday, the 7th of January. So you got a little few days to eat up a little of your roast pork and your pepper pot and your uh, fancy whatever. So 
next Sunday, we start our fasting and prayer for 21 days. You say, Pastor, I don't know how to fast because my, my belly get hungry. Well, if you train your mind to skip a meal and pray, God is going to make a way to sustain you during that period. So I want you to start thinking about it during that period. Every night from Monday to Friday, the church will be on at our telephone connection conference prayer number. Everyone knows it? 516-517-4779. Let's say it together. 516 517-4779 each night one hour from 8 to 9 Monday to Friday during our fasting and prayer log on to connect with the larger church as we fast and pray for these 21 days and then we'll do that for two weeks and then the third week the final week we'll be here Every night the church will be open from Monday to Friday, from 7 to 8, one hour of prayer as we end our 21-day fast. Isn't that a great way to start the year? Amen. Amen. And then finally, giving. I want you to get yourself ready to give to God. And we normally do it at the end of the service. I want to do it now. Uh, I want you to consider giving to God. But there are three ways of giving. Let's put that up. Three ways of giving. (coughs) You can go to our website, Liberty Church. Let's get the ushers ready to to take the offering. LibertyChurchNY.org. You can give by debit or credit there. Or you can go to Cash App, Liberty CH. And there you can give by debit card if you, you know how to do that. Or today, you can put in the envelope right in front of you, behind the seats. Everyone get an envelope. And you can give cash, put your name, or put a check to Liberty Church. And uh, for those of you who would like to also have a deduction for your IRS for this year, you have until midnight tonight to pay your and, and, and give the donation. So as you consider what you're going to give this morning and tonight, uh, let's put it up there. I don't know. Uh, but tonight, today, I want you to give your tithes and offering. But during the day, I want you to consider the following. Let's put up the three things. Giving a power offering sometime today. You have until tonight. What year are we going into? We're going into the year 2024. You can give 2024. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a lot. But... But I believe some of you could do it. Amen. Maybe we have about three or four of you can do that. Somebody shout amen. amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Uh, turn your neighbor and say, you look like you can do it. All right. 2024. Then you can give. Here's the other one. 224. Tell your neighbor, me believe me can do that. All right. 224 or 24. That's for the little kids. Three suggested numbers between now and tonight. 
But give your tithes and offering this morning before God. Would you stand together? Lift it before God. Say, this is my offering. Say it loud and clear. This is my offering. On the last day of the year, I am privileged to give to the kingdom. I give it with my full heart. And I pray the kingdom will be increased in the name of Jesus. You sound well. We'll sing a song as they take the offerings up. Me, I will not suffer. I will not beg for bread. He is Jehovah Jireh. I will not beg for bread. Imami Daddy, oh, Imami Daddy, oh, Imami Daddy, oh, he's my daddy, oh, Jehovah Jireh.
say God has made you survive and I am blessed and highly favored I want to bring to the pulpit this morning one of our one of our pastors who is helping us build this church I brought him on staff about four years ago comes like once a month. He's uh, one of our teachers, our preachers, associate pastor here, helps in our leadership and grooming and mentoring. And I'm happy to have him and his family this morning. Himself, Pastor Jesse Reamers, Sister Sandra Reamers, the three children. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. Pastor Jesse, come on up, and you're going to introduce your family before you preach, or whatever God lays in your heart. Come on, let's give God a praise for him. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be here today? Come on, somebody. I love this church. Alive. It's an alive church. Amen? Come on, we got free in 23, but I just want you to know that there's more in 24. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hey, you can grab a seat. Praise the Lord. Oh, this mic is nice and hot. Come on, somebody. Is it as hot for you as it is for me? Oh, my Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, before I get into the Word today and, and uh, share with you, how many of you have ever... You know, you have a certain brand of soda or a certain brand of chips or something that you like when you go shopping. Anybody? I mean, come on now. There's two of you. Is there, is there anybody, you know, ha- have you ever gone to the store and you're expecting to get that brand and you get in and the generic brand is the only thing that's left? Anybody been there? Listen, I'm sorry if you came to Liberty expecting to get the brand. You got the generic version. So I apologize today, but here's what, I, here's what I'm hoping, is that the same anointing that is on the pastor and the man of God of this house will be here today as the word goes forth. Amen? Amen. Well, I am a, I'm a proud father of three wonderful children, and one of those Uh, is my oldest son, and he is a student at Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, God has called him to the ministry and given him a gift. And uh, I I want him to come up here and share for a couple of minutes. Will Will you welcome my son, Josiah Reimers? He's going to share about five minutes. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to come up here for just a few moments and just share a word that I believe is from the Lord. Um, Can we just pray real quick and just thank the Lord for being here today? Lord, we thank you for your presence here in this house today, Lord. I pray that these messages that are spoken, Lord, reaches our hearts 
and impacts our minds and our soul and our spirit today, Lord, that we walk out if you're more anointed than when we came in. Jesus, we thank you for your love and your presence here today. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. So I just want to share a testimony of what's happening in my life at school. And so recently I, uh, we did mission trips here at school. And there's about 40 of them that were going on. And one of them was the Middle East. The Lord put on my heart to go check out the Middle East booth. And I did. And I found out that there's a trip to Israel, Palestine, and the Jordan. I instantly felt the Lord was putting a piece on my heart to go there. And it was rough because it was $4,200, and that kind of scared me. But the Lord said he was going to provide, so I did anyways, and I gave him my yes. Now, a few weeks later, I was at this conference. It was a Jay Walker's conference, and there was a young girl sitting in a wheelchair, and the Lord put on my heart to go pray healing over her. Now, immediately I was filled with fear, and I backed out, and I kind of procrastinated until I missed my opportunity. I messaged my dad feeling convicted, and he said, son, it's not your responsibility that she's healed, but it's your responsibility that you're obedient. I then realized, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what could have been different if I would have been obedient when you told me to be obedient? I told the Lord, I never want to be disobedient again. So I went on, and I prayed healing over her. Nothing happened, but I wondered what could have happened if I was obedient when I should have been. The next day, I went to this service. It was a Jesus image service, very powerful. And I felt the Lord put on my heart this word that it's time to go to war for God. This was before what's happening in Israel right now. And the Lord said, it's time to go to war for me. And I got all fired up and I was excited for that. And I felt stirring in my spirit. So I just kept praying that and praying that the rest of the night. Now the next morning, I went to go spend my time with the Lord. And Holy Spirit reminded me again that it's time to go to war for God. And I felt fired up. And he said, but before we do that, I need to test your obedience. He put on my heart, no food, only water for seven days. Now, the thing about that is I've never fasted before in my life. And I've been doing what you'd call a bulk. I've been eating food, amount of food, trying to get bigger, trying to get more muscles. <laughs> for the past two months, I was eating 6,000 plus calories a day. The amount of nutrients I was intaking was insane. And I told the Lord, Lord, that's, that could be really detrimental to my physical health if I just do no food all of a sudden after all this food. And he said, no. I want your obedience. He just wanted my yes. So I said, Lord, if this is going to happen, it's going to have to truly be a miracle from you. And he said, I'll take care of it. You just give me your yes. I gave him my yes, and I fasted for seven days in obedience to the Lord after he told me it was time to go to war for him. The day my fast ended was the day Israel was attacked. That same day was when Israel was in war. So the Lord told me to go into war for him, but he said, let me test your obedience first. And after I was obedient unto him is when a war was broken out in Israel. Now, I told you earlier, I was going on a trip to Israel. I signed up. But during that process is when I was praying, and the Lord actually got me accepted onto the team. There's only about six to eight people out of 40 people who applied. I'm the only male on my team, but the Lord, he sent me off to go there. Now, I'll be going to Israel, but... What's really happening is I just want to share with you guys that obedience, obedience is in everything and it looks like multiple things. I might be a 19-year-old young guy and you guys are a lot older than me, but if you're still breathing, there's still things the Lord's going to do in your life. And if there's still things the Lord's going to do in your life, you must be obedient. You must be obedient through all of it. So I have 1 John 5, 3 says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. 
for me in that moment, the enemy told me that it was a burden to go pray for this young girl in a wheelchair, that it was going to be scary, that I was fearful. Like, what if she doesn't stand up? But I'm here to tell you today that the Lord's commandments, they are not burdensome, and that he has commanded you to do stuff in your own life, no matter your age. So that's just what I just wanted to encourage you guys here today with. So let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, that your commandments are not burdensome, that you have a love for us that is unfathomable, Lord. It is, it is revealed to us every day, Lord. Your anointing on our lives is poured out every day. Your spirit burns inside of us, Lord. Help us to be obedient unto you. Help us to give us your yes no matter what. Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We lift up your name forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good job. I got a, just a glimpse, Pastor, of what that feels like every time one of your boys come up here. I can only imagine. And then even greater, I look at Pastor Michael and seeing the heritage of what the Lord has done is just so exciting. Great job, son. Well done. Obedience. I hope you understood that, how important that is. Amen? And our responsibility isn't the outcome. It's just obedience. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. Well, this is going to be a great day today. And uh, I think the Lord's going to do some amazing things in all of our lives. In 2023, this has been an amazing year for the church. I think there's been some unprecedented growth. I think we've had services that have been more than capacity full. I think we've had more people watching online than we've ever had in the history of the church. I know that uh, we have anywhere between 800 and 1,200 people watching us every Sunday morning through Facebook. That's amazing. That's strong. Twenty to 30,000 are watching weekly. Over 700 people in New York from Facebook started following us in 2023. 700 more people just in New York. 3,000 plus people worldwide uh, just through Facebook this year. Uh, we were a part of helping launch a church in India, a 5,000 seat church with Pastor John, I believe. Pastor and the team went over there. We fed over 2,000 people in India. Uh, Dominican Republic feeding of over 2,000. Built a church in Uganda of over 600. Uh, guys, this is stuff that's been happening in 2023 here at Liberty. 41 can people have confirmed that have never been a part of Liberty have confirmed that they're going to be here tonight for the New Year's service. I mean, this is just it, it, crazy, okay? Not including the hundreds that are already committed to coming. Not including those that are already a part of Liberty Church. We've done night of worship conferences, leadership conferences, technology and software, bilingual services. All of this is stuff that we're looking at for 2024. Pastor, I know that there is so much on the horizon for the church. And we've seen so much happen. But how many of you know greater things are still ahead of us? Come on now. More in 24. I didn't, I didn't come up with that. That just happened. It's when I was walking up and listening to you, Pastor, more in 2024. And I, I think what I have to say with the word today, I hope, will be an encouragement. Now, little does Natalia know when she came up and danced that the song that she chose today is right in line with what I'm sharing. 
So it's interesting how the Lord is coordinating some things today. So I hope that your heart is open, your ears are attentive, because I believe the Holy Spirit has something for you today. Are you expectant and are you ready? All right, so I'm hoping you'll give me some feedback today. How many of you have ever went on a school dance? Anybody ever went to a school dance when you were in high school? Are you all, you all homeschool people, right? I don't, I don't think I'm full of homeschool folk here, but I think you've all been to, a middle, you been to a middle school dance. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's standing around the outside, you know? What makes a middle school dance better is participation. And so I need you to help me preach this today. Can you do that? I need you to help me with the word today. Now, moms, you understand, and dads, you understand to a degree, this idea of expectation. Come on, somebody, say expectation. You know, it's interesting that they call the time that a woman has a child inside of her the time where they're expecting a child to come. Come on, you know what that's like. Have you ever expected something? Come on, we just got out of Christmas. You remember as a kid you were expecting something to be under that tree? You were expecting Santa Claus to show up, and some of you are like, we didn't do Santa Claus. Whatever, you expected something on Christmas morning, that idea of expectation, that time where you just couldn't wait any longer. You wanted it to happen. You know, I was talking to my daughter the other day, and she said, Dad, I just can't wait till Christmas. I just can't wait till Christmas. And I looked at her, and I said, you know what, honey? I actually like it when Christmas doesn't come. I said, I like the time of expectation. Because the moment that Christmas comes it's all over right now now we celebrate new years and now we got to go back to normal life and the lights come down and the trees come down and the holiday tunes go away and all of that disappears but it's that moment of expectation that I think we all love and we all cherish you know people will say during the holidays they'll say hey I don't feel the holiday spirit You know what I discovered this year is that when you feel that sense of holidays, what you're feeling is a sense of expectation. And when the expectation is missing, you sense a void inside of yourself. Well, the same principle applies in the spirit. When you're missing a sense of expectation, you miss what God wants to do, what God can do, and what God's about to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So this idea of expectation. In the Bible, there's two testaments. There's a New Testament and there's an Old Testament. And wedged in between those is what we call the 400 years of silence. And it's interesting because nothing happens. There's there's no words from God. 400 years, no prophets are speaking. No one is coming up and, 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 and there's no new churches being planted. There's, nothing is happening. It's this deadness. It's silence. It appears that God has stopped doing any work. No lives are being transformed. No kingdoms are being turned around because the prophets are declaring God's truth. Nothing is happening. God is disconnected. God is absent. God is quiet. And it's in this moment that the book of Luke is then penning right after this year of silence. The New Testament begins and the writer of Luke, Luke writes inside of his book that there is an atmosphere that the Holy Spirit needs 
and looks for before the move of God happens. And so in this moment of silence, 400 years, as God is about to give birth to his son Jesus, there's this atmosphere that begins to be created in the world that ushers in the move of God. You can find it in Luke chapter 3. I'm going to read out of two different verses real quick here. Luke 3.15, it says, Now as the people were in expectation, and all reasoned in their hearts about John. This is talking about John the Baptist coming. Now in the English Bible, it says it a little bit differently, and here's where I want to focus our time today. It says, the people were on the tiptoe of expectation. Say tiptoe. They were on the tiptoe of expectation, wondering about John. It's this idea of expectation that set up the atmosphere for God to do something powerful on the earth. Now, if this is the atmosphere that was required for God to bring forth His Son, Christ, how much more important is it for us to have the same atmosphere in our home, in our marriage, in our business, in our church, in our community, for the Spirit of God to unleash the promises that He said He would bring to your life? Expectation creates atmosphere, and that's the atmosphere that causes God to do amazing things. And so for God to do something, He's looking for people that have expectation. He's looking for a church that will believe and have expectation. He's looking for business owners that will have expectation. He's looking for people that are sick to have an expectation. He's looking for people that are in need to have an expectation. And just like the scripture said, they were in tiptoe of expectation. So touch somebody next to you and say, it's tiptoe time. We need to expect God to pour out His Spirit. We need to be on our tiptoes expecting God to do the impossible again. Some of you, it's been a while since you've seen God do the impossible in your life. It's been a while since you've been able to give testimony of how God has transformed and readjusted and realigned something in your life. But I'm here to tell you the atmosphere for the miraculous is expectation. It's tiptoe time, church. Come on, somebody. God said he would do greater things, did he not? He said greater things. So in order for greater things to happen, there needs to be this idea of expectation for those greater things to happen. That means we sow in expectation. Come on, somebody. What does the Bible say about sowing? We sow in expectation. We pray in expectation. Come on. We, we do what? We expect miracles. We expect the Holy Spirit to move. We expect healing in our bodies. We expect God to do something. We need to expect God in order to see the move of God. Amen. Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to just give you this verse. It says, Paul is writing to the church of Corinth and he says this in verse 14, 214. It says, having wiped out the handwritten requirement that was against us, which was contrary to us. And listen to this. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Listen, I'm here to announce to you, church, that there is nothing between you and your miracle. 
No, 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 no. You don't. Nothing between you and your miracle. He has removed every hindrance between you and your miracle and nailed it to the cross. Nothing is between you. You've got to get on your tiptoes in expectation, believing that God is ready to do something in your life. You're on the cusp of a brand new year. You're on the cusp of a brand new season. You're on the cusp of a breakthrough. You're on the cusp, and that breakthrough and that move will happen when you expect God to do something in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Expectation. Expect God to move in your family this year. Expect God to move in your business this year. Expect God to move in your finances this year. Expect God to do something in your marriage this year. Expect pain to leave your body. Come on, expect deliverance to come to your life. Expect alcoholism to disappear. Expect inferiority to fall away. Expect fear to leave. Listen to me. Expect depression to be gone. Expect defeat on your life to disappear. You are victorious. Stand in it with expectation. It's not about what you see. It's about what you believe. Do you believe? Do you expect that God is for you and not against you? Expectation, church. Psalm 119, verse 126. It says, it is time for you to act, O Lord. It is time for you to act, O Lord. Listen, it says, for they have regarded your law as void. Listen to me, when the world turns their back on God, it's not time for us to digress. It's not time for us to get depressed. It's not time for us to shrink back. It's not time for us to cower and hide and run. It's time to get up on our tiptoes of expectation because that's time for God to work. It is time for the Lord to act, church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Romans 8, 17, look at this. Paul is writing again. He says, and if we are children... Then we are heirs. Somebody say an heir. It says heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Somebody say joint heirs. Listen to what I'm about to say. This verse tells you and me right here that we have a double claim on everything in heaven. I said a double claim on everything in heaven. Every promise that's in this book, you have a double claim on every one of these promises. Not just an heir of the promises of God, but a joint heir of God and Christ. Double heir. You've got it. Claim it. Expect it. Believe it. The power of expectation. Are you with me today? Acts chapter 3. I know I'm speaking unconventionally. Normally we like to share a story. We're taught as preachers, you take a story, you expose it on the story. But I came and as I was preparing for this, I had about 10 stories. And I said, God, which one to choose? And guess what he said? Share them all. So I'm sharing all 10 with you. Are you ready? 
We're going to start in Genesis. We're going to end in Revelation. All right? We'll have you out of here by midnight tonight when Pastor Cameron. Joking. Acts chapter 3. You've all heard the story. And I'm not going to read it. I'll just quote it to you. The Bible says that Peter and John are going to the temple at the hour of prayer. And the Bible says that as they're going into the temple, there was a man that had been lame from birth. The Bible actually says not from birth, from his mother's womb. Now, we don't have time to get into why it says mother's womb rather than birth. But he was placed there to beg. Now, it's interesting because as he was placed there to beg, he had been there for so long that when people came in and out, he was only looking at their shoes and would shake whatever it was, his jar, and ask for alms. And the Bible said that as he asked for alms from Peter and John, he didn't know who they were. He just shook his little cup and said, I need, I need, I need. And the Bible says that Peter and John stopped and, and looked at him and then said, look at us. Look up here, right here, look at me. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now how many of you know that in the name of Jesus, there's power? How many of you know that in the name of Jesus, every need you have can be met? Everything you're facing, every mountain can be turned into a molehill. Come on, somebody. But here's the deal. We always hear that preached. That what they say is the cause of the miracle. And I believe it. Because in the name of Jesus is all the power. But there's something that we overlook many times when we read this. There's a part of the story we don't always catch. We just read over it. And it's in verse 5. It says this. That when they said, look at us. The Bible says, he looked up at them expecting to receive something he expected to receive something the man didn't say I hope to receive I believe to receive I think to receive no he expected to receive something he got up on his tiptoes and expected to receive Did you know there's a science behind being on your tiptoes? Now, people like me, I tend to walk on my toes. But did you know that people that are on their tiptoes, you get on your tiptoes before you're about to run, don't you? You get on your tiptoes whenever you're in a place where you need to be nimble and move and be quick and flashy. You move. There's an expectation that comes when you're on your tiptoes. And so as I'm here today, I believe the Lord is saying that it's time for us as a church to get up on our tiptoes. It's time for us to be ready for what God's going to do. It's time for us to get in a posture where God can do something great. And just like this man here, when they said, look at us, he expected to receive something. Amen. Now, there's nothing that torments the enemy more than what I'm about to tell you. There's nothing that causes Satan to take Rolades more than what I'm about to tell you right now. Nothing will accept him more. Nothing will make him angry more than 1 John 3, 2. It says this. 
it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Listen to me. The enemy is tormented by what you can be. The enemy is tormented by what this church can be. He's he's tormented by all that God wants to do in Liberty Church. He's not afraid of the past. He's not afraid of the present. And he's not afraid of anything but what liberty can be. What we can see happen in this church. What can happen in your life. And apparently the way he's been attacking me personally, I would say that something is about to shift in my life. Do you believe something's about to shift in your life? Do you believe it's time, not just for us to turn a new year, but for you to turn a new leaf in your life? For you to go to the next level in your life? For you to take the next step in whatever it is you're doing? Because I believe God is going to do something that's going to shake the earth. Come on, somebody. Are you on your tiptoes in expectation? Touch somebody and say, I'm on my tiptoes. I'm on my tiptoes. Something is coming. It doesn't appear what it is. It doesn't appear what it will be. But I'm here to tell you, church, that it's time for us to not look back anymore. It's time for us to set our eyes on 2024. It's tiptoe time. Something is about to happen that we've never seen before. And God's done great things in groups, in growth, in social media, in all the international attention, and weekly visitors and our attendance. God has done great things, but our eyes have not seen, nor have our ears even heard what God is about to do in this church. Get up on your feet. Get up on your toes in expectation. God is about to do something at Liberty Church this coming year. The best is still yet to come, church. The best is yet to come for your life. Some of you, you need to just take a brace break right now and thank God that the best is yet to come. Somebody just needs to throw your hands in the air and say, the best is still yet to come in my life. The best is yet to come in your family, in your finances, in your marriage. Church, God sent me all the way from Texas to tell you the best is yet to come. Get up on your feet in expectation today. The best is yet to come. Touch somebody and say, I'm expecting. Listen to me. God is greater than our faith. He's greater than your expectation. Come on, Ephesians 5. What does it say? He'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think or dream or imagine. Listen, he is bigger. Somebody say bigger. And he wants to do more in your life. Say more. Come on, God will do it. He can do it. And listen to me. God cannot forget what he promised you. Let me show you. Hebrews chapter 6. Look at this verse. Verse 10. Look at this. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name. Come on, somebody, listen to me. For God to forget you, he would have to be unjust, and that's impossible. So it is impossible for God to forget what he has promised over your life. He can't forget the promise. Listen to me. So you look at somebody next to you and say, did God make you a promise? Did God make you a promise? Listen, he is faithful. 
Is he faithful, church? Are you up on your feet in tiptoe expectation? It's tiptoe time, church. 2024 is going to be the best year of this church. More in 2024. So the lame man is outside the gate to the temple. He looks at Peter and John expecting a get-by blessing. And church, I'm telling you, too many of us come in here just for that get-by blessing. Listen, I just need something to get me by this week. We we can't be a church with get-by blessings anymore. Come on, somebody. No more get-by blessings. Listen to me. How many people walked past that man all of his life? He could have been 40 years old. 40 years of people walking by just for a get-by blessing. But it's interesting because it was in this simple, small, insignificant moment that God changed this man's life forever. Listen to me. I'm saying in someone's marriage, you're in trouble right now. Maybe you're watching online. Someone's finances, someone's job, someone's family. I don't know what it is. Something's in trouble. One simple expectation can transform your life right now. Your finances, one simple moment, one simple expectation. Do you believe that God can do it in your life today? Will you believe that God can do it in your life today? In your family, your business, your job. Could this be your service today? Could this be your day? Could this be your year? Could this be your moment? Is this your time? Are you expecting God to do something in your life? Grab your seat for a minute. Mark chapter 10. Let me read a few verses to you. I got got through my intro there. Mark chapter 10. You've all heard the story. I'm only going to read a couple of verses to you. Verse 46, blind Bartimaeus. How many of you have heard the story? Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho, it's talking about Jesus, with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him and told him, shut up. Be quiet. The Bible says he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says in verse 49, man, I just, every one of these stories could have been a message. Verse 49, Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. They called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Verse 50, throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. You've heard the story of blind Bartimaeus. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there were different types of beggars that were in the time of Christ. One of those beggars could have been just anybody like you and me, just on the side of the road shaking a cup or a jar or something, begging for money. But there were certified beggars at that time. There were people that the government would actually issue a specific garment for them to wear. That they would wear a particular garment that was a particular color. So that when you gave to somebody, you knew that they were actually somebody in need. 
they were a real beggar. Now, I know today we, we've got people and, you know, we've heard stories about people on the side of the road panhandling and that's their full-time job, right? And they're making $150,000 a year just begging on the side of the road. This was one of those people who was a verified beggar. He was a man in need. And the Bible says he cried out. And when he heard Jesus was coming, he cried and they said, shut up. They told him, be quiet. Listen, everybody's got haters, even beggars. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all are going to take that and use that. You're like, I like that. I like that. All the more he starts crying out when they tell him to shut up. And then what happens is the Bible says he cries out all the more and they say he's calling you. When Jesus was passing by, he takes his garment, the Bible says. He takes that government-issued garment. And the Bible says he throws it away. He casts it aside. He's saying, listen, I don't see it yet. I can't see it yet. I don't know if it's going to happen for me, but I'm expecting something. I'm not healed yet. My body is still broken. I'm still broke as a joke. I don't have a job. I don't have a home. I don't got a wife, and I don't got a family. I'm broke, and I'm in need, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to go after Jesus and I'm going to let go of the thing that has defined my life in the past and I'm going to embrace something that is brand new. No matter who has put a garment on you, no matter what has put a garment on you, no matter what you came in here carrying, you need to cast that off in expectation because Jesus is passing by. Listen, he's on the way. He's here today. He's moving in our life. And you've got to be on your tiptoes in expectation that Jesus is going to move in your life. Do you see? Casting off the garment before the miracle happened was an act of expectation. And some of you in here, you need to give like you're expecting God to do something in your life. You just heard pastor talking about $22,045. Or 2,450, what was it? 2,024, sorry. I'm just making stuff up. 2,450, right? Some of y'all need to just step out and give like like God's going to do something in your life. Some of you, you need to step out in prayer, believing that God's going to heal your body. Come on, somebody. Some of you need to just take a risk. Some of y'all play it too safe. You don't take enough risks. You take a risk for God. Get out there and believe. It is tiptoe time, church. It is tiptoe time. Listen, all I want to do is set up the tee for pastor to come in and knock that thing out in 2024. Listen, all I want you to do is get an expectation. Have you you ever golfed before? Come on, when you're about to drive that ball, you got to lift the ball up off the ground. you got to get that ball in a place of expectation so when someone comes up, they can drive that baby far. Listen, God wants to take you far. God wants to take this church far. But you got to get yourself up in expectation and get ready for what the Lord's going to do. Amen. I have one more thing to share, and then I'm going to be done, Pastor. Now, this might be a prophetic word for the church, and I don't know. And pastor's like, I'm, he's bracing himself now. He's like, dear Jesus. Ezekiel 43, I want to share something with you that I believe is for this house. I shared my introduction. The title of the message today is, God's hand on this house. Ezekiel 43 
are some verses that are very, very important. I'm only going to read two verses to you, and it's, it, it's kind of long, Pastor, so I apologize if you want to capture all this. Ezekiel 43. This is the rebuilding of the temple. And right in the middle of the rebuilding of the temple is something I want to draw out for just a minute. It says in verse 12, it says, This is the law of the temple. Say, the law of the temple. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. It says, Behold, this is the law of the house. Say, the law of the house. These are the measurements, verse 13, of the altar and cubits. The cubit is one cubit and a handbreadth. The base of one cubit high and one cubit wide, with the rim all around its edge and one more span. This is the height of the altar. Now some of you are like, what is he going to say about a cubit? How does that have anything to do with what the Lord's going to do? Here's the deal. I don't just think it's a word for the church. I think it's a word for your life. I think it's a word for my life. Are you ready? The Bible says that this is the law of the house, and it says it twice. Whenever the Bible emphasizes something and says it twice, that close together, that's an emphasis. That means it's driving home the importance. Do not miss this. Do not overlook this. Do not bypass this. Pay attention to this. And then it talks about what's called a cubit. Say cubit. And it talks about a cubit and a handbreadth. Now, I don't know if you've heard the term cubit before, but it's a common Bible measurement. And it's important because a cubit is actually the measurement of a man's hand width. Say hand width. Right there. That, that right there is a part of what makes up a cubit. The first time that this is mentioned, the law first mentioned, you find in the book of Noah, or excuse me, in the book of Genesis, about the story of Noah building the ark. He didn't give him a stick. He didn't give him a tape measure. He called it a cubit. He gives him this idea. It's a handbreadth. Now, six of these, six handbreadths, equal one cubit. Say cubit. Or the distance... From the bottom of your elbow to the top of your fingers. Did you know that six of your handbreadths is actually the very distance from your elbow to the tip of your fingers? Now, some of y'all are going to go home and you're going to draw it on a table and you're going to try to figure this out later. I assure you, that's a Bible, okay? So, this is a cubit right here, okay? Now, the word cubit is a Hebrew word that means ama, ama. Does that sound like anything to you? I'll get to it in just a minute. It actually sounds like something and you'll catch it. It means mother or the beginning. You're not getting it yet and that's okay, but you will. Some of you are like, I don't get it yet. Don't worry, I'm going to get you there. You ready? Ama. Cubit means ama, the mother of beginning. So in ancient Jewish history, they used to teach that your arm or the cubit of man being six handbreadths, that this part of your hand right here. The cubit is actually called the mother of the arm. The mother of the arm. That's because, listen to me, whatever the mind can imagine can only come to pass if the hand creates it. So the mother of the arm, because really your hand is a tool in which you give birth to things that you imagine. Come on, somebody. So six hand breasts makes up one cubit, and the number six is the number of man. Somebody say man. Some of you ladies are like, what about us? Mankind. How about that? All right? Mankind. Six hand breasts 
One cubit, number of six, is man. Now think for just a minute. In Genesis, God worked for six days, and on the end of the sixth day, he created man and woman. And then what did he do on the seventh day? He rested, right? Because the number seven is the number of completion. It was a blessed day. It was a separated day from the other six in which God created. So at six is the number of man. That means six is the number of human effort or human influence. And it's amazing what mankind can do with just their hands. Mankind can build businesses. Mankind can build churches. The world was created and built upon this ingenuity, the intellect of how man works and how man labors using his hands, corporations and cars and technology and aerospace and movies all built from the mother of the arm or the cubit. And if this is the mother of the arm, then this is the father of the arm, right? Come on, strength comes from up here, amen? Come on, somebody. Some of you guys are like, what about us? Yeah. But the ingenuity, the labor comes from here. The mother. This is where it's birthed. So everything is just a concept that you and I have until the mother of the arm begins to create it and bring it to pass. Now, some of y'all, this could transform your life. It's amazing. How this works. So here's the point. John 15, 15, Jesus said this. Without me, you can do nothing. So what Jesus didn't mean is he didn't mean you couldn't do things with human ingenuity or ability. He didn't mean you couldn't do something physically. What he meant is that you can't do anything with an eternal impact apart from him. He, you couldn't do anything that would change or affect heaven or affect eternity. Because six is the number of human effort. Six handbreadths is about what men can build, what men can achieve. I said it, corporations, businesses, ministries, families, churches, buildings. Man can build those things. Millions and billions of dollars. Man builds those things with nothing but his hands. But you have to understand something. That in the Bible, there are two different cubits number one cubit is the cubit of six hand breaths the mother of the arm the second cubit is what's called the sacred cubit someone say sacred cubit the only place that it's found in the bible is right here in Ezekiel 43 and it said this in Ezekiel 43. God said to them, build me a house. Build me a house where children would be blessed. Build me a house where generations would be reminded of all that I had done. Build me a house, he says. But when he says build me a house, he says make sure that you build the altar using the sacred cubit. Say sacred. The sacred cubit is using six hand breaths and then adding a hand breath onto the end of that. I'm going somewhere with this, church. So how you build a house, how you build a business, how you build a family, how you build a ministry, how you build a relationship, 
you need to have the sacred Cupid. This is what I mean. Listen to me. This is the only way that you can raise your kids to be God-fearing. This is the only way that you can build a business that will endure. It's the only way that you build a church that's pleasing to God. It's the only way that you build your income. And the only way that you live your life, if you want to make this pleasing to God, it is the law of the house, the Bible said. You give it all you've got, and then you let God's hand come on your work, and that's what makes it sacred. Are you hearing what I'm saying? you got to let God's hand be on the work. you got to let His power come behind your effort. you got to let God add His flavor, His sauce to whatever it is that you're doing. And listen, this church, we've gone so far. There's so much that's been birthed. But I'm here to tell you that it's time that God wants to take His hand and place it on the Church of Liberty Bible, on your life, and make it sacred. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to this, 1 Kings, last story. 1 Kings 18, listen to this. 41. Elijah said to Ahab, come on somebody, get up, eat and drink. There was a sound of abundance of rain. More in 2024. So Ahab went up and ate and drank, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. There he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, go now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. (laughs) Seven times he told him, go back again. Then it came to pass on the seventh time. Somebody say seventh time. Then he said, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. He said to him, go up. And prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Listen to me. Come on. Famine was in Israel. He gets down and he prays. He gets in a posture of expectation. Come on, somebody. And then he tells his servant, go look. He's so expectant that he prays and sends the servant six times. But the Bible says on the six times, six times. But on the seventh time, on the seventh time... The servant says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. It is our job to do everything that we can do. But it's that seventh hand that's going to produce the crop. It's the seventh hand that's going to bring forth the miracle. It's the seventh hand that's going to bring forth the provision and the healing and the deliverance. And listen, the seventh is coming. The provision is on the way. I see over Liberty Church a seventh hand, the size of a man's hand coming. A cloud of rain is about to come. There is more in 2024. It's going to break the famine over your life. You hear what I'm saying? The seventh hand is coming to this church. And I'm here to tell you, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year for your life. Do you believe that? Say it. This is my year. There's seven hand coming to Liberty Bible. Seventh hand is coming. And it's time for us as a church to get up on our tiptoes. It's time for us to get in a posture of expectation. This is what I want you to do. Set your things down and stand to your feet with me. We're going to posture ourselves in expectation. You look at somebody next to you and you say, it's tiptoe time. 
It is tiptoe time right now. Say it to someone else. It is tiptoe time. It's time to posture ourselves, church. It's time to shake off 2023. Start shaking. Come on, start shaking off 2023 right now. And you're on your feet. Some of y'all just need to step. Just get up on your tiptoes right now. Just just get on those tiptoes. Come on, God has made you a promise and turning back is not an option. Get on your tiptoes right now. Some of you, get up there. Stand up. Get on those tiptoes. Listen, there's a calling on your life. Don't you dare quit. Don't you dare stop. You've got this. Get up on your tiptoes, church. Come on, right now. Come on, you were chosen before you were born. Get up on your tiptoes, church. With God, all things are possible. Get up on your tiptoes. Come on, somebody. God kept you alive when you should have been dead. Get up on your tiptoes. Come on, you're still breathing right now. Get up on your tiptoes. God made you a promise. Get up on your tiptoes, church. The blessing is still ahead of you. Get up on your tiptoes right now. There's no time to compromise, church. Get on your tiptoes. There's no time to quit. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Get up on your tiptoes, church. You have faith to overcome. You've been given the mind of Christ. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Get up on your tiptoes. Let's give God a round of applause right now. The stakes are too great for you to quit. Don't you quit on me now. Don't you give up now. Don't you stop believing now. Don't you let the enemy win your battle over your life now. Don't you quit on your family. Don't you quit on your marriage. Don't you quit on your calling. Don't you quit. It's time to get on our tiptoes. The battle has already been won. Do you believe that? Shout like the battle's been won. Shout like you believe you've received it. Shout like you believe God's coming through. Shout like you believe 2024 is your best year. Shout like you trust God. Shout like you really believe it. The devil messed with the wrong church. He messed with the wrong people. Come on, somebody. Because we're on our tiptoes. Are you on your tiptoes? Is expectation in your heart today? Give God glory right now. Give God glory. We know God is here. He is here right now. I declare this will be the best year of your life. How many of you believe it right now? Come on, raise your hands. Get up on your toes. God, it's going to be the best year I've ever had. I'm reaching out my hands right now. Reach for the promise. Reach up and grab. Grab your calling. Grab your healing. Grab your deliverance. Grab your miracle. Come on, church. Give God some glory again right now. Do you expect it? You got to praise as if you expect it's already here. If I bought you a brand new car, and at the end of service, we walked out there and I said, This is your brand new car, you know how much you'd be shouting? If you're believing God for a healing and you got your healing, you know how much joy you'd have in your heart? You got to do it before you see the manifestation of a church. You got to expect it now. Act as though you've got it now. 
How many of you are believing God for a promise or a miracle? Raise your hand. Listen to me, church. Then you got to stop worrying about how nice your outfit is right now. It's okay to get a little sweaty. The dry cleaners is happy to take care of you. Get up there. Shout. Get sweaty. Get excited. Get up on your toes. Shake up a little bit. Reach out for it. God is ready to do it in your life. Say this with me. I declare 2024 is my best year. Say this, 2023, I'm saying goodbye, and I'm walking into a new season, and it's going to be the best year, because there's more in 2024. Come on, let's give God a round of applause right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I don't care if you're excited or not, because I'm excited. Listen, if I'm excited, that's enough for me. Come on, somebody. How many of you are excited? Bump that person next to you and say, you ain't sweaty enough yet. Come on, somebody. Tonight, we're going to... Tonight. Come on, this is an appetizer. Are you hearing me? But if you come to service tonight without an expectation in your heart come on when you leave I'm going to be checking your armpits making sure you better be expecting God to do something great in your life you hear what I'm saying some of you guys you need to expect before you leave that you're going to get that breakthrough and miracle some of you when it hits 12 a.m. tonight and you shout do you know why we shout when we go into a new year Because in expectation, we're shouting that I already have the victory when I go in. Come on, somebody. Shout like you've got it now. Shout like you've got the victory in this place. Hallelujah. More in 2024. Come on, somebody. More in 2024. Pastor, I'm sorry. I know you've, you've got a message tonight. I'm fired up. How many of you are ready to go into 2024? Let's do this right now. Everybody lift up your hands. Father, we thank you for the power of God that is in this place. We believe for more in 2024. This is our year, God. We say it right now. It's our year for breakthrough, for healing, for a miracle, for deliverance, for provision for an open door it's our year God and we thank you for 2023 but we're believing for the exceedingly abundantly and God we commit the rest of this day as we prepare to give you glory and shout victoriously tonight we thank you that it's already in our life I've already got it I've already received it it's already in the bank account for somebody right now come on it's already in your account you better believe it's in your account right now. Some of y'all, you're gonna you're gonna get in that car and you're gonna feel that back has been healed. Some of y'all are gonna walk out of here and you're gonna feel that knee feels a whole lot better. Some of y'all are gonna get that doctor's report when you go next week and listen, that cancer's gonna be in remission over your life. Come on, somebody. Come on, some of y'all. That family member that's wandered away from the Lord. 
You're going to get a phone call from them this week saying, I want to go to church with you. Come on, somebody. Come on, that resume that you put out there, come on, that job is going to be calling you this week in Jesus' name. Do you believe it? Father, we thank you in this place. To God be the glory, church. It's not me. It's not this house. But it is God that's getting ready to do it in your life. Are you with me? Do you believe it tonight? Say amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. This is too good. This is too good. For me to stay away tonight. For me to stay away tonight. I'm coming tonight. Coming tonight. And I want to see you tonight. And I want to see you tonight. Come on, we're going to close. Don't leave. Two minutes, three minutes. Grapes the garden. I search the world. But he couldn't feel me. Man's empty face. The treasures that fade. I never enough.
as the preacher says tiptoe get on your toes tell your neighbor I'm getting on my toes because I'm expecting something I'm getting ready the ship is about to sail the glory is about to fall and before the night is over come on put your hands up in here before the night is over I shall see my victory somebody put your hands and shout hallelujah hallelujah come on and give him a Shabbat glory hallelujah well I'll see all of you at 9.30 tonight come at 9.15 for a seat come at 9.15 for a seat don't worry all will be well even if we have to pack this place with an overflow we're going to find a place for you but we are expecting the hand of God to move upon every life and I want to thank God for the young man who gave this wonderful message come on let's thank God for him thank God for Pastor Jesse what a great message come on thank God for him and his and his wife and the family amen just as how you see this family serving God together God can do that for you and your family how many are believing that for 24 there are many of you your family is not together in God but it's because of your prayers they're not dead yet it is because of your prayers that's holding them up if your prayers are holding them up well then God can make a way to bring your family together to serve the Lord I want you to call Johnny and Kaulasar and I want you to call Basdio call them tonight and say if you don't have a church I want to pick you up and bring you to the house of God how many of you can shout hallelujah Come on, sing that song as we close. Oh, See you tonight. Hug somebody. Better than you. It's nothing. Better than you. It's nothing.